You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And so uh, he was in and out of our lives. But uh, when I was eight years old, uh, my mom remarried. And when she did, uh, that's when Pops was brought into our life. Uh, I remember I was probably about 12, uh, 12, 13, started calling him Pops. And it wasn't a term of endearment. It was sort of a tease, you know, just teasing him. Uh, and uh, at first, he didn't like it. It was like this disrespectful thing. And, uh, but it wasn't long where that, that, that term became a term of endearment. And so, uh, Pops, uh, when I was 18, uh, the adoption process went through, and I took his name. And, uh, you know, when I think about Father, and I think about Father's Day, I've got a lot of wonderful memories. I've got a lot of wonderful uh, uh, memories that, are, that flood my mind, my soul. And, and I'm so thankful for the dad that God had given to me. And, uh, and with that, uh, there, are, there are so many things that, that I had learned. There's so many truths that he taught me, uh, so many examples that he set in my life. And I was blessed because of that. Now, everybody does not have that. Everybody doesn't have that. And we can't go back and we can't change our situation. We can't choose who our, who our dad would have been or will be. Uh, we, we have no choice on those things. Uh, but what we can do is we can take all of the, the teachings and we can be the person that God would want us to be. I can't change my childhood. I can't, you can't change your childhood. You can't change the circumstances. You can't change the situations. But what we can do is from this point forward, we can be the person that God would want us to be. Maybe God would allow you to be a dad. Uh, maybe right now you're a teenager or right now you're, uh, you're, uh, you don't have children or uh, you uh, are past that age. And, uh, but, but there is something for you to do. You can be that person that God uh, has uh, for you. And, and so uh, tonight as we look about this, uh, we, can, uh, we can look at the teachings that are here, uh, uh, some, some things that we can learn about uh, a good dad and, and use that in our life. But as I mentioned this morning, we can all revel in the fact that we have a loving, caring, gracious, heavenly father. If you're saved tonight, no matter what your earthly uh, situation was, uh, you can have a wonderful relationship uh, with God. Maybe you didn't have a good earthly dad. Uh, maybe even you haven't been a good earthly dad. We can't change it. But from this point forward, we can be who we are supposed to be. You can, from this point forward, enjoy the blessings uh, of a relationship with God. Uh, you can enjoy the blessings of being the type of person that God has created us to be. Now, when we look at the word Father, 1,126 times it is used in the Bible. That's an amazing amount of times. 
that, that God uses that. Uh, the book that has the word father used most in the Old Testament is the book of Genesis. Uh, the word father is used in Genesis 201 times. When we look at uh, the New Testament, uh, we see that uh, the Gospel of John uh, uses that uh, term the most often, and it's 134 times. But in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, we have uh, the law of first mention here. Uh, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And so here's the first mention of father in the Word of God. Revelation 14.1 is the last mention of Father in the Bible. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his Father's name written in their foreheads. The first mention of Father was dealing with an earthly father. The last mention is dealing with our heavenly Father, the Father's uh, name written in their foreheads. And so, as we look here about Jairus, we don't know a whole lot about him, uh, but there are some things that I think would help us that we could glean things to implement in our life. So go back to Mark chapter number 5, and we will we'll look at several things. I've got 43 things tonight uh, that uh, I'll give you, uh, no, just four, and four different things here that we're going to look at about faithful fathers. First of all, uh, faithful father, what is something that we can glean from Jairus? As we think about a faithful father, uh, verse number 22, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Uh, We see, first of all, uh, that Jairus, uh, a faithful father, he's a father who prays. A father who prays. Uh, Here he was. He was coming to the Lord. You know what? As a as a child of God, if we are going to be the right time of type of earthly father, we have to have the right type of relationship with a heavenly father. And that means that we need to be uh, we need to be coming to him. We need to be fathers who pray. And that's that goes across the board for all of us, doesn't it? Uh, we all need to have a relationship with God. And, and that relationship, uh, the right relationship, is not just so so we can have the right relationship here, it's so we can have that right relationship there. That vertical relationship before the horizontal relationship. You cannot have a good horizontal relationship if your vertical relationship is not right. And our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with God, has to be first and foremost. Uh, Dad, you can provide. And Dad, you might be able to earn money. And you might have the big house. And you might have all the opportunities to be able to meet every need, but that doesn't make you a good dad. Just because you put food on the table does not mean that you are a good dad. If you're going to be the right type of dad, you have to have a relationship with God the Father. There is no way you can love your family the way that you you ought to love your family without having a relationship vertically with God. You see, we need to be a people of prayer. The greatest relationship of life is with the creator of the world. The most profound relationship uh, in life is with the God who loves us and gave himself for us. Now, Jarius here, he could, do not, he could not do anything to help his daughter. You know, isn't it ironic that so often we only come to God when we can't do anything else? 
Why is it that we don't go to God first? We try everything that we can come up with, don't we? We try our plans. We try our ideas. We work through everything that we can work through before we go to God. And, you know, He ought to be the one that we go to first. He couldn't do anything to heal his daughter. He couldn't do anything to give life to his daughter. He couldn't meet these needs that were there. And, and here we find him coming to the Lord. Uh, Matthew 7, 7, Ask and it shall uh, be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Uh, uh, in Luke chapter 11, we find the Lord, uh, the, the disciples coming to the Lord saying, Lord, teach us to pray. We need to learn how to pray. If we're going to be the Father, faithful Father, Father, we need to pray. We need to pray. So number one, if we're going to be a faithful father, uh, we need to have fathers who pray. Secondly, fathers who participate. Fathers who participate. Being a dad is, is more than just bringing a child into this world. not just a physical relationship there's a whole new life and we need to be engaged in the life of those that God has brought into our family verse 23 mark 5:23 and he besought him greatly saying my little daughter lieth at the point of death i pray thee come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live what do we find? We find Jairus here. He was, he was not only praying, he was participating. He was engaged in the life of his child. You know, we need to be engaged. We've got them for just a little while. And then they're gone. I remember uh, when our kids were all still home and, and David uh, graduated from high school and then took off to college. I remember it was a weight like I had never carried before in my life. All of a sudden, this weight, did I give him all the right tools? As he walked out the door, there was, I mean, I could just from graduation up until he took off, I was, I was so burdened that I give him all the tools that he needs to make the right decisions. You know, we've got we've to make sure that we're doing that all the way up. There are so many things that I wished I would have known when my kids were small. There are so many good books that are just right back there on the bookstore to help. There are so many resources that we didn't have. An independent Baptist didn't write books. They wrote sermons. And I'm all for sermons. But there are a lot of things that I could have gleaned. And there are tools that are available and we need to be taking advantage of that. 
Dads, we need to be participating uh, in the life of the child. You see, fathers who pray, faithful fathers, fathers who participate. Uh, dads need to be engaged in the lives of your children. Uh, and I know, uh, I know that life is busy, and I know uh, with work schedules, and sometimes you don't have the flexibility uh, that others might have. Uh, but you need to do whatever you can to try to figure out ways to be engaged in your child's life. Don't leave it all on mom's shoulders. You see, if we're going to be a faithful father, we need to be engaged. We need to be there. Jarius could have delegated this job to somebody else. Remember, one of his servants came and told him, hey, she's already dead. He could have just sent an employee he could have delegated this to somebody else, but he didn't. You see, this was, this was something he had to do. He had a responsibility that nobody else could shoulder. And nobody else can shoulder being the dad of your children but you. And you've got to choose to be that, that dad. You've got to be the one that's going to step in and make sure that you're there. Uh, and I know we might not be able to be a part of everything with the different responsibilities, uh, but you have to do what you can. Uh, I remember when I was younger, uh, elementary school, and I'd play baseball, and mom and dad were able to uh, be there for my baseball games. That was always that was a blessing. When I got into junior high and I started wrestling, uh, my... my uh, uh, first year wrestling, my brother was also wrestling. I was the lightweight, he was the heavyweight. And so uh, anyway, uh, my mom got to that first match and I had already wrestled, she missed it. And then she saw my brother wrestle and when he finished wrestling, I mean, he was like an animal. I mean, he was, ah! I mean, just, uh, he was so pumped and just, uh, uh, just, it scared my mom. My mom said, never again, I'll never go to another wrestling match. She never watched me wrestle one time. My dad was working, uh, working out of town at the time, and so uh, for the railroad, he was on the road, and so Pops never got to see me wrestle in those three years of, uh, of wrestling, and uh, we went undefeated my uh, eighth grade year, or ninth grade year, undefeated, and so uh, there were some, I, I remember looking out, and all the other parents were there, and I remember thinking, man, I wish my parents could be here, I wish they could watch, and I knew that they couldn't, just with work schedules, they didn't have that flexibility, uh, they had been there for lots of other things, but they couldn't be there for the wrestling. And, but as a child, I, re it, I remember looking for them. I remember it meant something to me. Do what you can to be there for the things that matter to your kids. We've got to be there. You see, be engaged. Uh, be engaged uh, with their, uh, their lives. Fathers uh, who, who pray. Fathers who participate. Uh, thirdly, fathers who plan. If we're going to be a faithful father, we need to be fathers who plan. Now, with that, and with, with that planning, what do we need to plan? We need to plan our life. There are too many that are just bouncing around. They have no, no direction. They, they have no goals. They're just existing. 
Let me, let me tell you something. A dad who has no plan will not stay engaged. And you will not make a difference. We've, we've got to have a plan. We have to have a plan uh, with our life. Jarius was a man who had attained success in, in his life. Uh, being a success doesn't mean that you have some great title, uh, but successful people strive to be at the top. Let, let, let me, let's just go back. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Does, does that sound like average? Does that sound like mediocrity? Does that sound like we just float through life? No, that sounds like everything that I do, I am going to bring excellence to it. Why? Because I'm not just doing it for what this purpose is. I'm doing it for God's glory and God's honor. And you know what? When we live uh, with a plan, uh, there is some focus that's there. And Jarius was a man who was not average. He wasn't content to stay the same. There was a desire and a drive to do and to grow and to accomplish and you know what? If we have that kind of desire and we have that kind of determination, you know what's going to happen? It's not only going to affect me, it's going to affect those that are in my family. It's going to teach them how they ought to live. It is going to give them the direction uh, that they need. We need some dads uh, who have direction in their life. You know, are we just going to church because it's just convenient? Are we, are we here tonight because it's just what we do? I hope not. I hope you're here. I know you're here on purpose. You, you got dressed. You got in the car. You drove. I, I understand that. But, but is this a decision that you have made that this is part of my life? This is where I'm going. This is the direction that I am going. I'm not planning on just bouncing from one place to the other. I'm not planning on just uh, being in and then out. I've got a direction. There's, there are some things that I've decided. Uh, there's decisions that I've made. There's direction that I have. There's dedication to the, the direction that I'm going. And in doing so, what that does is that, that helps you to be focused. And dad, if you're focused in your life, it is then going to fall out into your children's life. It is going to help them have that focus. It's going to help them. If you're focused, uh, you're, going to, you're going to start sensing and seeing the needs of your children. And, and you're going to be focused to make sure they have what they need. You see, we need to have uh, some, some direction there. We need to have fathers who plan. Uh, leading, uh, first of all, themselves. Uh, dads who are going to uh, plan in their life. They're going to lead themselves in their faith. Lead themselves in their faith. It takes more than just knowing, doesn't it? There are a lot of things we know, but we don't do. But when we, when we have that commitment, and we are leading ourselves in our faith, we're leading ourselves in our finances. We're leading ourselves in our future. We're leading ourselves with our family. We're leading ourselves uh, with, as being a faithful uh, husband, uh, a faithful father. Uh, the, the, what we find is the breakdown of the family has uh, been so destructive in our nation. 
See, it's marriage and then family in that order. That hasn't changed. You know, men, we need to be faithful to our God. We need to be faithful to ourself and what we know God wants us to do. We need to be faithful to our wife. Pew Research came out with a study. Over 40% of married couples have cheated on their spouse. That's unbelievable. That's unreal. The number was slightly lower. It said 39% of men would cheat if their wife would, if they knew their wife would not find out. Now that is, that is terrible. And we wonder how come things are falling apart. The family unit is coming apart. It is, it is unreal. And with that, uh, we need to be faithful. Uh, if we are going to be a faithful father, we have to be faithful to our God, uh, to ourself, uh, to our wife, to our children. We need to be faithful to the vows that we took. Just being faithful and not, not changing. You see, faithful fathers are fathers who pray. Faithful fathers are fathers who participate. Faithful fathers are fathers who plan. Faithful fathers are fathers who prepare. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child. It's just being prepared. There is a plan for our life, but now I am preparing my children. Preparation for our children ought not be a second thought. It ought not be something that, well, I'll get to that later. They ought to be in the forefront. Take your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And verse number 4, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. The Bible says here, Deuteronomy 6, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the the post of thy house and on thy gates. What do we find here? We find that God's ways, loving God and following his direction, that ought to be a, a central focus of the teaching within our home. That ought to be something that we are uh, not being passive about. It's not the Sunday school teacher's job to, uh, to teach your children. It's not the pastor's job uh, to teach your children. It is your job to teach your children. And we need to take that responsibility 
responsibility. Uh, the Sunday school teacher and the, the junior church worker and the pastor and the staff, uh, people are going to come alongside, but they ought to be in support of something that's already being taught at home. It ought not be something that's a different direction. We ought to all be pulling the same way. You see, we ought to be teaching and equipping our children. We got to be teaching and equipping them. This world is trying to fragment the family unit. I'll be addressing some things that are coming up just in our public schools. And I won't do it on a Sunday night when the children are in here. Let me tell you, moms and dads, we better wake up. We gotta wake up. The world and its agenda are so destructive. And they're trying to, they're trying to change your child. You see, we need to be teaching them and equipping them not according to what the world says is acceptable, but what does God say is acceptable? Amen. This is the way, walk ye in it. That's, that's the way it's supposed to be. It's not, well, what do you think? <laughs> David, is that what we did? <laughs> not even close. You know, that's, there was a direction, and there are a lot of failures, and there are a lot of things that I wished I'd have done differently. Let me tell you, we've got to be, we got to be focused on raising our children. Dads, we need to be more engaged. Be more engaged, especially in their youth, but it's not just when they're, it's not just when they're at home. Man, to be honest, Mrs. Brown and I, we thought, okay, they're all gone. Not that we didn't want them around or anything like that. We didn't, we didn't realize that there's still teaching that still needed to go on. It was like, oh, they're adults. They're on their own. It's not that way. That relationship needs to be nurtured all the way through. Just keep on nurturing it. Keep those relationships good. We need to be teaching them uh, just as we should have our direction in our faith. We need to be teaching that faith to our children. Just as we have a direction and, and, uh, and a plan for our family, we need to be teaching our children what that family is supposed to look like. Because there's a different family organization that is being promoted to them. And we've got to teach them what it's supposed to be. We need to teach them uh, how to have and uh, control and uh, manage their finances. Now, why do we start the, uh, uh, the whole FPU scenario? Why do we start the Ramsey Plus? Why do we get all those licenses for our people? Why? Because, because we need to learn. Our people need to learn how to deal with finances. And we need to make sure that we're teaching our kids. We need to have... We need to teach them about the future. We need to be reinforcing, supporting our families. 
You see, faithful fathers are, faith, are fathers who pray. Faithful fathers are fathers who participate. Uh, faithful fathers are fathers who plan. Faithful fathers are fathers who prepare. And with that, all of these points, they just come back to say, Dad, be engaged. Being engaged at work is not enough. Years ago, we had a, a man in our church, and his name was Jerry Faulkner. And Jerry told me one time, he said, so Brother Brown, he said, when I, he was an insurance worker, worked in, in insurance, and he was an adjuster. He said, when I come home from work, he says, I drive down my block, and I pull over to the side of my road, on the side of the street, every day. He said, I'd pull over to the side of this, on the side of the street. He said, I'd pray. Now, Lord, I've been at work all day. But now I'm going home to the biggest job that I have. Help me to be the dad you want me to be. You know, he understood it. He got it. The biggest job that we have is not our, our career. The biggest job that we have is not in the ladder climbing. The biggest job that we have is not outside in the world. The biggest job as a dad is right there in your home. And we better recognize that opportunity. Now, some of you, you have children. Some of your children are grown. Now you have grandchildren. Maybe you don't have any grandchildren. Uh, there are some kids, uh, there are some young people that are around here would love to have somebody pour into them. Don't wash your hands of these truths. We have opportunities to invest in that next generation. And this world needs a lot of faithful fathers we have a great example in our heavenly father now we need to be that example as an earthly father father i pray that you'd help us thank you for your goodness to us and uh, lord just practical application tonight but lord i do pray that you would bless our homes help us lord to be the the moms and dads help us to be the husbands wives Help us to be the, the men and the ladies that we ought to be so we can invest in that, uh, the home that you have given to us, the, the friends, the family, uh, the, the children that come across our paths. Uh, Lord, help us, Lord, to, uh, to be the people you'd want us to be. And so I pray that you'd use us in a mighty way. Speak to hearts tonight. Uh, may you just work in our midst, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.